you have a Bible, um, you can turn to Isaiah 53. So we kind of set the stage a little bit. And we spent uh, several weeks going through this chapter during Lent. And I kind of want to just use it to to help us prepare to come forward tonight. Um, when, when Jesus gives instruction about the Lord's Supper, one of the things he says is that it's to be done in remembrance. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, we need a little help being reminded, okay, what exactly are we remembering? Uh, there are... are all kinds of beliefs and convictions about what we're about to do, and uh, if it's strictly symbolic, or if it becomes something, or if there's grace transferred as we're taking it, and all that kind of stuff. And there's many different angles that we can approach this. Uh, and I, I would just say, like, how about we just not get caught up in that stuff, as far as the differences or whatever. Um, I don't believe that Jesus would ask us to do something that is purely symbolic. I think you you vacuum the meaning right out of it. So why would he have us just go through the motions? Uh, There's obviously something special that happens. And that's why he has us doing it. And and he says to do this in remembrance of him. In Isaiah 53, I think it kind of helps us understand it a little bit. Uh, Starting in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. When you look at that, uh, and you say, okay, what are... He's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. What's that all about? Well, I think the, the easiest way for us to think about it is this. Anything that you are grieving or sorrowful about has its roots in sin. So you just you trace it all back. So we we're grieving when when someone passes away. Why does someone pass away? Because sin brought death into the world. So uh, when someone dies, that's a, some of what we're grieving is we're grieving sin. We're we're grieving the thing that set death into motion for us. When uh, when there's a, when we're grieving the loss of relationships of some sort or. Uh, friend groups that are having difficulties, and there's when there's horizontal relationships are are fractured, we we grieve that, like we're sorrowful over that. That began with with sin. Um, when there's natural disaster, and we and we see earthquakes or tornadoes and hurricanes and tsunamis and these kinds of things, and we're watching this unfold on the news, or we're experiencing it in our houses, uh, where where this destruction comes, and we grieve that, and we're sorrowful over that, and that finds its roots in sin as well. Um, when there are uh, pressure cooker bombs set up at, uh, you know, in, in Boston, or on the very same day when there are 25 car bombs in Iraq in one day, uh, those bombings in different parts of the world, that, and we grieve that and we're sad and we're shocked by that, all that grief and all that sorrow, it's exposing over and over and over again that this is not the way it's supposed to be. And we're sad over that. We grieve that. Every selfish decision that you make and that I make 
times when our pride wins and we, uh, we uh, ignore the vulnerable and we are not hospitable and we are self-centered and, and all those, those sins and our struggles with materialism and, and lust and lying and all these things, all those things that just bring grief into us that it's all rooted in sin. And so when it says that he bore, he's, our, our grief, our sorrow, that's what he's talking about. It's all of that. He took it onto himself, and so um, when we are, uh, when we, you step to the table and there's bread there. It's the body of Christ. In His body, He took all that sorrow and grief on Himself. That's that's what we're saying. So all this evidence that this is not the way it's supposed to be, and our response to that of just tears and struggle and anger and frustration, He's taken all that in, onto Himself. And he's inviting us to a table where there's this bread that's there. And in this bread, we are reminded, we remember the fact that all, everything that's wrong with the world, he took it onto himself. It was put onto him. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. There's a, the, the punishment for that sin put onto him. So the blood being shed because of because of all that sin and because of all the things that are wrong with the world, uh, all put onto him. Verse 5, uh, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. It's not just going back to Adam and Eve and their sin when they messed up the whole world. It's us as well. We're not just playing victims because we've, we've fallen right into that. We've chosen ourselves over God. We have turned to our own way. Um, and so it's, it's not just this corporate mankind deal that was put onto Jesus. It was your stuff, my stuff. So you think about the lies that you've told and the materialism that you fall into and the times when you have ignored the vulnerable and you have, uh, you have lied, you have given in to lust, you have all those things as well. So it's personal and it's corporate at the same time. That's where some of where the heaviness comes in. It's easy to blanket all over humanity and say, yeah, man, people are messed up. It's different when you're like, I did that. <laughs> my grief, my sorrow, my transgression, my iniquity, it's both, both happen at the table. We see an individual impact. We see a corporate impact. He was pierced for that. He was crushed for that. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So we're remembering that, that here's this world that's, that's upside down, not as it should be, bringing grief and sorrow because of iniquity and transgression. It was put on him. He was pierced for that. He paid the punishment with that so that we could, what, be healed and live in peace. He's taken us who are upside down and set us right side up. And so all these, these things, we look around the world and we see, oh, it's not, it shouldn't be that way, it shouldn't be that way, it shouldn't be that way. And here we are, he sets us right side up. And we're like, yeah, okay, that, that feels right. That's, that's what it is. He heals that over time. He, he gives us that peace. That's what we're remembering is that through, through the body and the blood, um, what has to be the most unfair deal of all time, he gets crushed and gets all that put on him and we get to be uh, healed and live in peace. 
And he's like, yeah, you come to that table and you don't forget it. You live in a world that's just distracting you left and right all the time, constantly. And he's like, how about we build this into the life of the church so that you don't forget? And that's a part of what we remember. Verse 6 says it perfectly. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. That turning to our own way. It's been put on him. And so, things not as they should be, now he's starting to set them right, one at a time. So, you get set right, and you get set right, and you get set right, and you get set right. And you walk in that healing, and you walk in that peace, and the world begins to see, oh yeah, death doesn't win. That's right. That the, the bombs and the natural disasters and the relational fracturing and all the, all, those, all the things that we see, and it's not, it shouldn't be that way, those things don't win. That Jesus has won. You look down at verse, uh, verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. So in his own anguish... He's able to see, and where does that satisfaction come from? It comes from your healing. It comes from your peace. It comes from you being set right side up. Say, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it needs to be. By his knowledge, okay, by, meaning by the knowledge of, of anguish, shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. We're accounted counted righteous where he sets us right side up so through his suffering many okay many set right side up healed filled with peace and he looks at that and he's like yeah that's it and then verse 12 therefore I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong so there's not only this setting right side up, there's this, this sharing of all the victory, of all the winning, of all the spoil, of all the healing, and all the peace. That Jesus is not this conqueror who like hogs everything. He's like, no, let's share it with every single one of them. Let's share it with everybody. Death loses. Jesus wins. And everybody, everybody gets to participate. Everybody's invited in. So let's, let's adopt them all. Let's call them sons and daughters. Let's share the inheritance. Let's rule the earth and the universe together forever. Let's share it. That's a part of what we remember. His generosity to us and his compassion for us. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Because he did this. The spoils of victory are how we live and how we walk. We carry that right side up life everywhere we go. We, we walk the streets of Baton Rouge and the places that we live and, and our, our schools and our communities and our, like, our targets and our Walmarts and like, all those places that we go. And we walk around and he parades us everywhere. Leads us in triumphal procession, spreading everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. He's saying, this is not the end. It's not over. It's not done. Death doesn't win. Look at, look at this transformed life. That's how it, it needs to be. Let me share the spoils of victory with all of you. 
says, you come to the table, you don't remember. I mean, you don't forget that. You remember it. You remember it every single time. You don't lose sight of the fact that because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. He's there, our mediator between us and God. And so when we approach the table, what we're saying is essentially, yeah, I need what's on that table. Like I need, I need that. Not only like in your, like when you come to know him as Savior, but I need him every moment of every day. I need, I need the body that bore that sin. I need the, the perfect substitute, the sinless life. I need all that grief and all that sorrow. I need him. I need a substitute. I need what that bread is supposed to, uh, to launch in my mind. When I see it, I need that. And the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sin, I, I need that. And so, and so sim, like in a, in a symbolic sense, there's this cross down here, and I wanted this cross there on purpose because uh, think of the cross as like representing Jesus. It's almost like Jesus, he's like, I've set this table, and here's my, here's my life, here's my blood, Here's all the grace that you'll ever need for life and godliness through just knowing me. Here's a table I've set for you. You're invited. Do you, do you see that you need this? And we, we sit back and we're like, I see, I need, I need that. I need that. He says, okay, you see that you need it. And now I'm saying, do you want to come and get it? And you're like, yeah, I want to come and get it. And he says, okay, come on. And so when you get up and you make your way forward, you're saying, I want what he's got. I want that. I need that. And so what we'll do in a minute is we'll, we'll take our time and you move forward and uh, we'll come down the, the aisles, you know, and uh, if we, it'll all be fine. You know, we'll take our time. We won't get in each other's way. We'll, we'll you first, know you first. And it'll all be, it's, it's cool. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a rush. You'll come forward, and you, but you'll take it back to your seat. So you'll sit there for a few minutes and you'll just be holding it. And hopefully you'll be prayerful and you'll be looking at that bread and you'll be thinking about that life. And you'll be looking at that, that cup and be thinking about the blood that was shed. And when we take it together, uh, I don't think that it's just symbolic. Do I think it becomes the body and blood of Jesus in a literal sense? No. But I think something very special happens. I think there's something special about saying, like, I'm, I'm going to ingest this, you know. Like, I'm going to connect with God in a physical way. I think there's something special that happens. And so we take that together because it was our sin, collectively and individually. So we're going to, we're going to all take it at the same time. And I think it's, it unifies us and it makes us, it makes us not just a random group of people, you know. But here's the thing. Um, when it comes to approaching the table... It needs to be something that we do seriously, you know. Um, there's no pressure on you to do this. So some of you are going to, you're going to pray about it and you're going to feel like, man, I don't, I don't think I need to take this today. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you are a Christian and they're, they're just some of those patterns you've been walking in and it's been dark and it's been whatever. And it, it's okay to not come up here. It really is. And that's why we won't go row by row and all that kind of stuff. Like it would, it'll be whatever. But if, if you decide to not take it, let me, let me tell you some. just make sure that this is not your reason. Uh, 
you don't have to get perfect before you walk up here. In fact, it would be incredibly appropriate for you, you to be a complete wreck and walk up here and say, I need that. And so sometimes in the midst of our chaos, we need to walk up here. So don't feel like you've got to get all your stuff together first. I believe Jesus says, come, come just as you are, but don't plan to stay as you are. I know you guys hear me say that a lot, but that's a part of it. It's like, come on, just like you don't have to get perfect before you come. Come just like you are, but I'm telling you something, you're not going to stay that way. That's, that's how he works. And so symbolically, this cross is going to just represent for us tonight, Jesus standing at the table saying, come on. If you want it, come on. And so what we're going to do, we're going to do another song. This is a part of kind of getting us ready. And at the end of that song, the band will kind of come down, sit down, and we're just going to have an open time. For you to come and uh, take the bread, take the, the cup, go back to your seat, and just wait for us to take it together. Uh, and when you're ready, come on. And when it looks like everybody who's going to come up has, has come up, I'll lead us through a time. We'll take it, and then we'll sing a little bit more. Um, and so, but that's what we're remembering. Remember, remembering the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection, and the ascension, and the continued intercession of Jesus for you and for me. All of that. He says, you ready? And so let's get ready, and then we'll walk through it together. So we're going to do a song. Let this song just kind of be sung over us as a way of preparing us for what's ahead. All right? Let's enter into just that mindset, whatever you need to do to get ready. When the song's over, the table's open, uh, and we'll see you at the end.